we do have a lot of renewable generation that's expected to come online, you know, but that's a three, five, six, seven years away. What you just heard was the voice of Eversource spokesperson Chris McKinnon, who joins us in today's podcast not only to discuss Eversource's green initiatives, but also their response to ISO New England's warnings of potential energy pitfalls this winter. Earlier this fall, you may have seen news headlines about the risk of rolling blackouts in the event of severe weather. Though scary, ISO New England, a nonprofit organization dedicated to ensuring reliable energy to the region, has warned of these potential outages for the past couple of years. In this interview, we learn how Eversource, an energy company familiar to many, is trying to stay ahead of the issue and ensure reliable energy for all our customers. Join us today as we discuss all this and more. Hi, I'm Chris McKinnon. I am a spokesperson for Eversource based in Boston. And essentially my role with the company is to um, make sure that we keep the public informed about the different goings-on that the company has uh, at any given time. Uh, you know, we touch on pretty much everything that the company does on a daily basis in this role. So could you talk a little bit about Eversource's response to the ISO New England's concerns of the rolling blackouts this winter? Yeah, so I think what we're seeing um, in particular is that uh, when we look at the winter forecast, obviously no one can predict exactly what's going to happen, but um, there is concern, particularly with um, you know from that was expressed with our, by our CEO Joe Nolan um, to the president and his administration about um, a particularly severe winter where we would see an extended period of very cold temperatures that would put um, an excessive strain on the grid just because of the electric demand um, in the region. And the reason for that is uh, because we're seeing um, constraints on the natural gas supply in the area. Um, And that has to do with a lot of different things, such as the geopolitical situations like the war in Ukraine, um, a constrained domestic supply. Um, And then when you get into the winter in particular, natural gas that's used to heat homes takes priority over electric generation. And in New England, we rely on natural gas to um, generate anywhere from like 45 to 50% of the electricity in the region. And so that's the reason why natural gas plays such a big role uh, in this. ISO New England put out, you know, some warnings. uh, And, you know, while it's not necessarily a probable event that we would see, it is possible. And so the standpoint of our CEO is let's try to be prepared for this so that we can avoid this. You know, let's, let's get out front for our, um, there's about 1.24 million customers that we serve for electric in Eastern Massachusetts. So, you know, let's make sure that we're, um, you know, putting the customers first. And if we can avoid that situation, make sure that we have enough fuel on hand to avoid that situation. And so he actually reached out to President Biden's administration um, and offered some solutions, uh, such as um, waiving the Jones Act, which would allow um, us to receive shipments of LNG from the Gulf up here in Boston. And one of the issues that uh, is compounding that effort is that we don't currently have any American flagged LNG ships, uh, liquefied natural gas ships, transport vessels. And so 
under the Jones Act, what happens is when there's a foreign flagged vessel that picks up the LNG from the Gulf, they then have to go to an international port before coming back to a United States port. So essentially what our CEO has asked the president to do is to use his executive powers to allow a foreign vessel to pick up LNG in the Gulf and directly deliver it up here to Boston. And in turn, would increase the amount of natural gas that we have on hand or that the region has on hand, not, not us, but the region has on hand to generate electricity for the customers. Would this affect the, uh, the prices that homeowners and renters may see? So it's kind of two separate issues here. When we talk about the supply for the grid, so that's the ISO New England aspect of things. So they're the independent regional grid operator. And so, um, you know, they ensure that there's proper supply to meet the demands in the region for electricity. Um, what we're seeing, and it's, it, it is somewhat connected due to that constraint of the domestic supply that we're seeing, but the prices that we're seeing on the electric market um, has to do a with something a little bit differently. So again, it does have to do with the natural gas prices because again, New England relies so heavily on natural gas to generate electricity. Um, and I'll come, I, actually, can I back up just quickly? Because I want to say one more thing on the, um, the grid supply for electricity. Um, you know, when we, when we think about that, the warnings about, you know, the, the wintertime and that extreme cold and will there be enough electricity? Again, probability is that it won't happen, but it doesn't mean it's not possible that it'll happen. And what we're looking at in particular is in the near term. So the next few years down the road, because we do have a lot of renewable generation that's expected to come online, um, you know, but that's a, you know, three, five, six, seven years away. But that will be able to supplement, um, you know, the current situ the current situation. Then, so I just wanted to throw that in as well. So it's not necessarily going to be a long term issue, but it's about bridging the gap between now and when those, um, you know, particular wind generation comes online in New England. So, anyways, let's go back to the um, the winter supply prices for electricity that we're seeing. And that is connected, again, to the price of natural gas. Eversource, just for background, is an electric distribution company. So we do not generate, we don't own power plants, we don't own generation plants. What we basically do is we go out to the wholesale market um, every six months, and it's designed statutorily. Uh, we have to follow rules and regulations set forth um, by the state to go out and procure electricity on behalf of our customers. And so because the price of natural gas is at some of the highest, you know, historic levels that we've seen, at least recently, uh, you know, we are seeing that supply cost of electricity go up because when those suppliers, those generators go out and buy the natural gas to create the electricity, they're paying a higher price. And so that drives the market value, the market price of electricity up. And so that aspect, um, which is what you're seeing, um, you know, you're seeing the headlines out there that are saying, um, you know, the price of electricity is, is, is increasing. The market is so volatile right now. So, um, you know, uh, other companies that filed um, their updated supply costs, might have been higher, say a month ago. We're at where we are. Um, we're seeing a, a you know approximately like a, a 
40, 44% increase in the cost. When we go out and we buy that electricity, we do not make any money off of that. That's a direct, the customer only pays what the prices that we pay on their behalf. Another thing that we should point out as well, too, is that in eastern Massachusetts, where I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be, um, particularly in the Boston area, there are, there are headlines out there that say, you know, Eversource customers can expect X uh, as far as a rate increase. And that has to do with the cost, but it also only affects the customers that are on our basic service. So the vast majority of customers in Eastern Massachusetts, um, I think it's about 70, 71% of customers are not on our basic service rate. So this increase in cost that we're seeing that's going into effect at the beginning of the new year, um, 71% of our customers will not be affected by that. I wanted to actually rewind a little bit because you did mention briefly some of the renewable uh, projects mm-hmm. that Eversource is working on. Can you elaborate on what those are real quick? Yeah, so we have a lot of different uh, programs that are out there that we're a part of. Um, we are fully committed to a creating a more sustainable future um, and doing it in a responsible way that allows us to continue safely and reliably serving um, all of our customers in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. And so, um, you know, as we look towards the future of creating, um, you know, a cleaner, greener uh, grid, if you will, we're looking at everything from, um, you know, solar. We have a moderate amount of solar on the system. Um, You know, we are building out a lot of the interconnection infrastructure, which is necessary for some of the wind farms that you'll be seeing going up um, off the coast of Massachusetts. And so it's all about, um, you know, investing in that type of infrastructure where we can actually then help harness that those renewables and, you know, get them in a place where customers will benefit from them. We've got this uh, couple of pilot programs that are going on, which um, our geothermal network, geothermal pilot program in Framingham, which is looking at, um, you know, obviously geothermal has been around, the technology has been around for a while, um, particularly uh, used in, in, in Europe. And so we're looking at um, the viability of, through this pilot program, the viability of if a networked geothermal system on a utility scale would actually work uh, and potentially be the future of, uh, you know, some clean, clean technology there, which would be really exciting. And it's very exciting um, to, to see it get underway. And they're actually doing test drilling. Um, and we've had a really great partnership with the city of Framingham and the residents out there that have signed up. They're really excited about it. We are too. Um, so we are committed to this and it's, it's, it's getting to the point where, the technology and the infrastructure is in place so that we're able to start, you know, making that shift to cleaner energy. Um, but in the meantime, we need to make sure that first and foremost, our customers have access to safe and reliable energy at all times. And we have about four minutes left. So is there anything additional that you would like to plug? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Eversource.com is a really fantastic place for anybody who's curious to um, to go, whether it might be looking at um, assistance programs that are available or, like you mentioned, some of the uh, clean energy projects that we're working on. And when it does come down to it, um, you know, understand that, you know, when, when the inevitable storms happen, because we experience them every year, particularly in the wintertime, you know, we are out there working around the clock for our customers in some of the harshest conditions. And, you know, we want our workers and employees to be, uh, you know, safe. And um, we want, we just want people to know that, that we're here for them, whether it be working on those restoration um, efforts or whether it's helping out with paying a bill or connecting you with whatever resources we can. Um, we're always here and uh, the, the best way to get in touch with us is, is starting with starting with eversource.com slash bill help. Um, but they can also, also always give us a call if necessary as well. That was Chris McKinnon, spokesperson for Eversource, discussing the company's response to potential energy pitfalls this winter. More information can be found on their website at eversource.com. Chris, thank you again so much for this conversation. This podcast was produced by Christian Morbeck and broadcasted by Boston University News Service. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.